0: Welcome to this special live 10 o'clock edition of St. Louis on the Air. I'm Alex Hoyer. It's been quite a day in political news. Steve Stanger resigned as St. Louis County Executive. That's after the U.S. Attorney's Office announced that Stanger was indicted in a pay-to-play scheme. Here's Federal Prosecutor Hal Goldsmith earlier today. It was a pay-to-play scheme, obviously, it involved bribes paid through political donations in exchange for his official acts in, in awarding are directing others toward contracts either through St. Louis County or through the St. Louis Economic Development Partnership and the Port Authority. The County Council met tonight and chose Council Chairman Sam Page as the successor. Joining me in studio to discuss all of today's news is St. Louis... And ...Rosenbaum. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. Reporter Rachel Littman, thank you. Always, Alex. And at University of Missouri St. Louis political science professor, Dave Robertson is with us by phone. Dave, thank you.
1: Happy to join you.
0: And I'd also like to invite our listeners to join the conversation. Give us a call at 314 382 8255. That's 314 382 Talk. Or send us a tweet at STL On Air or an email to talk at STLpublicradio.org. Jason, I want to start with you. You were at tonight's emergency meeting, and we know that they selected uh, Council Chairman Sam Page as Stanger's successor. But what was the mood like at this meeting?
2: Um. It was mixed. Uh, There were a lot of municipal officials from predominantly African-American municipalities that were in the county council chambers because they wanted Councilwoman Hazel Irby to be selected as county executive. Had the council picked Irby, Irby would have been not only the first African-American woman to serve as county executive, but the first woman, period, to serve in any countywide executive role. That didn't happen. As you mentioned in the intro, Paige was chosen five to one, uh, with w- no. Irby voting no and Page abstaining. And it marks a uncertain time in St. Louis County government. Page obviously has a lot of goodwill right now amongst the council as he was the leader of the anti-Stanger block for a couple of years. But just as uh, Page promised transparency and cleaning up corruption, we, we do have to remember that we're only four plus years removed from Stanger promising the same thing, and he resigned today amid corruption charges. I'm not trying to say that Page is going to fall into the same corruption traps, but as far as being transparent and also trying to bring people together, sometimes it's easy to promise at the beginning of an administration, and it actually becomes very difficult to follow through on when St. Louis County's factions kind of show themselves.
0: And I want to talk more in a bit about the future of the County Council under Sam Page's leadership, and we'll also hear uh, some audio clips from Sam Page and Hazel Irby. But I want to take a step back and talk about what transpired this morning. And Rachel, I'll turn uh, to you for this. What transpired this morning and when?
3: So actually, this started back on Thursday. That was when a federal grand jury uh, actually indicted Mr. Stanger uh, on these three charges. Mail fraud, which means they used the uh, United States Postal Service to further the schemes that they were doing. Bribery, that's pretty clear what it is. It's your standard, you pay me, X, I'll do Y for you. And then what's known as honest services, which is part of the federal mail fraud statute. It's based on this idea that if you hire someone or elect them to a post, you are entitled to their honest services. It's basically this uh, kind of understood idea that, you know, you have the right not to be defrauded by these people. The indictment was unsealed on Monday morning. I think the yes, press release landed this morning. In our, this morning mm-hmm. we landed in our inbox around 9.30 in the morning. Yeah. Um, by about noon or a little before that, uh, Stanger had resigned his post it's as county like executive. more like okay. yeah. Before noon, you're before correct, noon. There we go. And then at 1 o'clock he made his first appearance in front of a federal judge.
0: Okay. Uh, Dave Robertson, you were with us during uh, the program today at noon, and now having heard and been able to distill all of what's happened today, what what are some of your takeaways uh, right now?
1: Well, I can tell you that I'm not going to um, require my students to read the indictment because it presents politics at its worst, and I hope it's not all like that because uh, I might want to start to teach English as it is. Uh, this was a very, very um, unsavory and uh, and um, and unbecoming and dishonest series of transactions going on, and they were transactions. They were efforts to get political uh, donations in return for favors, and it went on for years, and it went on at the highest levels of county government uh I thought it was um, uh, I wouldn't say shocking after the things I've read, but um pretty close to that I thought it was pretty frank and um, um, i would I would say that uh, there are some serious legal problems for a whole bunch of people named in in that indictment uh
0: as you mentioned the indictment uh, was quite a study in the English language um. It was uh, laced with profanity at at times. Um, But in uh, having analyzed various indictments regarding uh, politicians of the past, uh, Rod Blagojevich, the former governor of Illinois, comes to mind. How does this indictment stack against some other indictments that we've seen of prominent politicians?
1: I think the uh, stakes are lower than in um, the governor's uh, a case, the kind of Illinois' case, uh, in the case of Duke Cunningham, who was a member of Congress in California who took a whole lot of money in return for favors, a whole lot more than uh, uh, the Senate campaign received, and it was personal money, too. So uh, in terms of uh, the money involved, it really doesn't match up to um, the problems in bigger jurisdictions. But for St. Louis County, this is a big and stunning event, and it's not going to be forgotten for a very long time.
0: Would you say that it's unprecedented, Dave Robertson?
1: Yes. Yes, I'd say that.
0: And uh, uh, the governor, uh, former Governor Eric Greitens, his resignation comes to mind, uh, which was something that I think that maybe political reporters expected more in that, at least from a breaking news point of view, we, we were able to plan for more, but uh, how does the effect of uh, the resignation of Stanger and this indictment stack up against the resignation of the former governor in terms of the impact on our listeners here in the St. Louis area?
1: Well, I think a direct impact may be a little less than the spectacular events of today because county government keeps going on. People get services. There are a lot of um, permanent employees in the county government as there are in state government. And in both cases, a lot of things have been going on as usual sort of underneath the highest levels of the government. The other thing that strikes me about both those cases though, is how much impending doom uh, people around um, the executive and the and, um, sort of in nearby positions, like the county council in this case, how much of uh, uh, an expectation that shoes were going to drop and that they were going to drop hard. So that is um, a very strong similarity between these cases.
2: Jason Rosenbaum. Well, well, not to give too much of an insight into our reporting process, but the post that you all saw, by you all, I mean listeners, was pre-written on Friday because a lot of reporters had heard the indictment was coming on Friday. And um, my prescient editor, Fred Ehrlich, uh, said it might be a good idea to pre-write this. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that just kind of buttresses Professor Robertson's point that no one was really surprised by this, Not mainly also because there was a pretty massive subpoena of county government. And just that the, the accusations of pay-to-play had been lingering around Stenger for years, um, going back – I think, well before the 2018 campaign against Mark Montevani. Uh, for, for a lot of different reasons, Montavani wasn't able to convince a, a majority of county voters that those were serious enough allegations to get rid of Stanger. It was a very close race. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I also noticed that in this election and in the 2014 election, Stanger used a lot of campaign rhetoric that was was all about national politics or state politics. He used the former governor to bash Montevani. And I think that's because people in St. Louis County generally don't know what county government does. And I think that that was the type of way to kind of enthuse voters, even though they had a lot of what Stanger was convincing people that got him into, uh, with the, some of the messaging that got Stenger into office had actually nothing to do with what he was doing in office.
3: It, it reminds Whitman. me a, a little bit, and I, I don't mean this in terms of like the scope of the issues that were in this indictment, but in terms of the way that the Mueller report sort of validated a lot of reporting that big national outlets had done on relationships between President Trump, his campaign officials, Russian officials, the St. was Post-Dispatch, two of their reporters have done a very good job reporting out a lot of these names a lot of these contacts if you've been following any news articles or you know the news closely these names are going to ring a bell to you and um, you know even to the extent where the post dispatch is named and quoted I think a couple of times Five or six in times this indictment. I think, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the credit goes to them for, you know, having their reporting essentially buttressed by these indictments, despite Stanger's repeated denials, which I think he's made here as well, that, oh, no, there's never been any pay to play in my government.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to get uh, to a comment that uh, Steve Stanger uh, said on this program. Uh, he was a guest on the show in early March and was questioned about. Uh, the communication that he had had with Sheila Sweeney, who was at the time uh, the person in charge of the St. Louis Economic Development Partnership, and this is what Stenger had to say.
2: I think that that contention goes, I think that's more of a, I think that's a contention that, that some of perhaps, you know, political, um, you know, antagonists might have. Um, but in, in reality, about four and a half million dollars of St. Louis County money makes its way to the Economic Development Mm. Partnership. And, um, you know, I think it's completely appropriate that we communicate to whoever the director is of that department Mm. as to what the priorities of St. Louis Countians are um, through and by their elected leader. Mm. And the council is free to do that as well, and I think the council makes their opinion known as well. Mm. So I, I, I think that it's completely appropriate, and I think, frankly, um, I would encourage the council to do the very same.
0: So that's Steve Stanger on this show back in early March, uh, saying that his cozy relationship with uh, Sheila Sweeney, uh, then in charge of the St. Louis Economic Development Partnership, was not a big deal. In fact, advocating that uh, that the council members do much of the same. Uh, Dave Robertson, before I let you go, uh, during our show earlier today, you had talked about uh, the importance of the county executive, uh, and uh, juxtapose that against the role of the mayor in the city of St. Louis. Can, can you explain that point again, please?
1: Sure. The county executive has a lot more power and um, a lot more independence and autonomy than the mayor of St. Louis. The mayor of St. Louis, for example, can't control the budget very well, has influence on the budget, but really is hamstrung by a complicated budget process it's collaborative the county executive has a lot more freedom to um, uh, spend money to um, uh, allocate uh, expenditures and so the county executive has a lot more power over what i think of as the the central nervous system of any government which is the way you spend money That gives the county executive uh, a huge amount of influence over what the county does. And I totally agree at the point that a whole lot of people don't appreciate how important the county government is in their lives.
0: Well, Dave Robertson, uh, thank you for your political analysis. Uh, We're going to let you go and continue our conversation with uh, Rachel Littman and Jason Rosenbaum. But I want to thank you for your time, Dave Robertson.
1: It's been a pleasure. Thank you.
0: Dave Robertson is a political science professor at the University of Missouri, St. Louis, and we'll be back in just a moment. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. And welcome back. I'm Alex Hoyer. On this special live 10 o'clock edition of St. Louis on the Air, we're discussing a full day of news in St. Louis County, Earlier this evening, the county council selected council chairman Sam Page to serve as interim county executive in the wake of Steve Stanger's resignation. This morning, I'm talking with St. Louis Public Radio reporters Jason Rosenbaum and Rachel Lippman. Stanger has pleaded not guilty uh, to the charges. I should point that out. Uh, But he's, as we have mentioned, he's accused of steering uh, insurance and marketing contracts to a guy named John Rollo. He is mentioned numerous times in the 40-something page indictment. Uh, He is quoted at length, emails, texts, I assume. He was a major campaign contributor. Um, And uh, Rachel, explain who John Rollo is beyond just me saying that he worked in insurance
3: so it, it that's kind of the essential role here is that he worked in insurance had connections to Mr. stanger through uh, his his contributions wanted to you know bring uh, Mr. stanger into into kind of his donation orbit um it was actually through a friend of Mr. Rollo that it, he's named in the indictment he or she it's just called an individual um as, as sW is sort of listed as the um the the conduit into uh, Mr. Stanger. It says uh, in October of 2014, uh, John Rollo was introduced to Stanger by one of his friends. This is this uh, individual SW. Stanger was at the time campaigning for county executive, and this friend SW introduced Rollo to Stanger in the hopes that Stanger could help get Rollo insurance contracts with St. Louis County. We also know that he was, Mr. Rollo, was friends with uh, Montel Williams, the talk show host. Um, The thought was that he could help get a contract with Montel Williams to help rehabilitate the image of St. Louis County after the uh, uh, unrest uprising in uh, Ferguson in 2014, following Michael Brown's death. And, you know, he's a, a prolific campaign donor who also expected, you know, things to happen because of these donations. He made it clear that I'm tired of donating two candidates and not getting anything in return. And the indictment says that, you know, Stanger will help get these insurance marketing and consulting contracts and eventually did secure a contract. And we use the term loosely because it appeared that no work was ever done to mr. Rollo in exchange for these campaign contributions
0: and at one point Sheila Sweeney uh, said to John Rollo in and this is in the indictment said you need to resubmit your your report on what you did because it's the same as what you submitted the last time so
3: and this looks bad yes right and there there's also quotes in there when he is working to get the marketing contract for the uh, economic it, I think it's for the port Authority mm-hmm. um, that you know, uh, Sheila Sweeney says to him, basically, uh, the number doesn't work. It was a larger number, like three hundred fifty thousand um, dollars. We need to go lower on this contract in order so that I can push this through the the board, the board of these economic development authorities.
0: And Sheila Sweeney resigned uh, her post from the Economic Development Partnership. But Jason Rosenbaum, do we have a sense of uh, who else? Uh, this indictment may be targeting, whether there might be more indictments. I want to get both of your thoughts on this. I don't
2: think it's super clear. Um, You know, I was talking with a couple people who were wondering, like, why John Rallo didn't get indicted, too. Because I was wondering, this may seem like a stupid thought, but I I was thinking at the beginning of the day, is it a crime for a non-governmental official to offer some governmental official a bribe? Is it only a crime for someone to accept a bribe and I I was told by at least one person who is a good friend of mine who's an attorney and a former Assistant Attorney General, that yes, that is a crime. You yes. can't, you cannot do that.
3: It is actually listed in the, it is actually listed in the federal indictment. It's it's a state statute that's quoted here. Bribery of a public servant makes it a felony crime for a person to knowingly offer, confer, or agree to confer upon any public servant any benefit, direct or indirect, in the return for the public servant's official recommendation, decision, action, or es- exercise of discretion as a public official.
2: And the other question is uh, Sheila Sweeney. Um, and I don't know if she I, – I don't – it is not clear because Hal Goldsmith did not say, like, who talked and who was, like, potentially getting a deal for their cooperation, if that's even happening. It's very possible that Sheila Sweeney decided to talk to the feds in exchange for leniency. But uh, that's just speculation because if you read this indictment, it, it certainly seems like she did a lot of illegal things or at least that's what she's accused of. <laughs>
3: I mean I I have to I am would be very surprised if there were no more indictments that came out down out of this, it may be that they are working with individuals named and unnamed in this indictment in an effort to get the case against Mr. Stanger, even more clear than what it is in these indictments. If they are waiting to see if there are additional charges they can bring against Mr. Stanger or under individuals, but I'm reading through this indictment and there are so many people named who are so very clearly engaged in this quid pro quo activity that How did no one else get indicted? What are they waiting on to issue these other indictments? Because this started with the head. It's mm-hmm. not like you can indict up from Mr. Stanger. You could possibly indict laterally to you know people at the same level, but this is Who would
0: that be laterally? I,
3: I mean, you could other department heads, perhaps like Jake Zimmerman, again. Wesley
0: Bell. Not saying that they're indicted, but yeah, you
3: could indict sort of at the executive uh-huh. suite level. Uh-huh. But mm-hmm. it's not like in other cases where they you know indict the little guys and hope to kind of build the case up to the the top executive. This started. This indictment is at the top.
0: Hmm. That's that's interesting. And do we uh, briefly have a sense of how the investigation uh, played out? There are emails quoted. Were there wiretaps, Jason? I
2: I think it's pretty clear that somebody wore a wire on Stanger, and it was one of his staff. Um, I think it's also pretty clear that members, either current or former members of his staff, cooperated with the feds. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how many, because Hal Goldsmith didn't say, but. You know, when I had heard, when I had seen the subpoena, I thought that it was just going to be like somebody's word against Stanger. And it turns out that there's a lot more voluminous documentation than we all thought.
3: It's a year long investigation that is still ongoing. So the subpoena for thousands and thousands of pages of documents that was issued a week ago, two weeks ago.
2: Uh... It was a, it was, it was a few weeks ago. A few weeks
3: mm-hmm. ago, um, that it, and Hal Goldsmith wouldn't even say today if they had finished responding to all of those requests for for documents. There may still be more out there, but uh, what Mr. Goldsmith said today during his uh, availability remarks to the press after the the first hearing today with Mr. Stanger was, you know, this involved emails, text messages. Um, he used the phrase pen orders, which is allowing for wiretaps or sort of other ability to intercept communications. They were cooperating witnesses, um, documents. The IRS was involved. The postal inspection was involved. So it was a little bit of this, a little bit of that, mm-hmm. and it's still ongoing. We have about
0: eight minutes left. Uh, Benjamin, a listener on Facebook, asks, is it time to consider a professional county manager?
2: Uh, Isn't
0: that what the county executive is supposed so to do? So you're
2: asking, should there be like a city, ma- unelected county manager similar to a uh, to unelected a Similar to a city, city manager. manager? Uh, there's no other arrangement like that anywhere in any county in Missouri, because okay. I think that there's a kind of a revulsion against a county government not being run by an elected official. I think the chances of that happening are basically zero.
0: Mary on Facebook says uh, she would like us to discuss, quote, the accountability for public officials who are pushing for Stenger to become the appointed head of the combined city county and. Uh- uh, end quote. Until recently, of course, that refers to the Better Together plan that would merge uh, St. Louis County and St. Louis. Uh, Stanger was originally going to be the uh, so-called mega mayor, uh, but then that was the initiative petition was then changed. Uh, Jason, what do you have to say to Mary on Facebook?
2: Uh, I think that that's going to be used against the Better Together plan by the merger's uh, antagonists. So I definitely think there'll be some reckoning for that. There's enough time between now and when the merger vote will likely happen in 2020 where maybe that doesn't become a difference. The other reckoning that has to happen, and this needs to be said, is organized labor. There was no other interest group more responsible for putting Stenger in office than unions. And without trying to sound critical of unions and what they do, because this is completely separate from policy, they have to – I I would say that labor leaders have to do some soul-searching and maybe consider backing candidates that are not as obviously flawed as Stanger. And hopefully they lear- they've learned a valuable lesson from this experience because I don't think they're going to have nearly as easy of a time in county governance with – Sam Page is county executive, as they did with Steve Stanger, and it's kind of their own fault.
0: That's a great segue, Jason Rosenbaum, to Sam Page. Uh, we have audio of him uh, speaking to the, county, uh, to the county council in tonight's emergency meeting, and uh, he said that he assures the council and public that he will remain fair.
2: As county executive, I will treat this council with the respect that it deserves. I look forward
0: to working <coughs> with each of you as we lead St. Louis County through the challenges that lay ahead of us.
2: I want to assure everyone in st louis county from the very beginning that we will have absolutely no tolerance for pay-to-play politics no tolerance we will strive to set a new standard for ethical government and we will be open and transparent so you can hold us accountable
0: that's uh now county executive uh sam page who will uh serve as county executive until uh, 2020 until there's a general o- election in November of 2020, That's primaries in August. Um, and then it'll basically be um, an open seat uh, in in 2022 again. Uh, is, is that true? I guess unless it, it,
3: the person who runs in 2020 also wants to run in 2022. It, it really
2: depends. I think that there's some speculation on whether Page wants to run for at run in 2020 and it may potentially be kind of an open seat free-for-all and i also think that even if he ran in 2020 he will not be the only candidate for that seat it's and- yeah. And,
3: and I was surprised, too, that he actually was willing to take the job even on this this kind of interim. I know he doesn't have the official interim tag basis because he's an anesthesiologist. It's a lucrative medical practice. And as I understand it, he has to give it up for the time while he is serving as county executive. It's one of the reasons that Tim Fitch, who represents the the third district on the county council, didn't want to become county executive because he would have to give up a lucrative security cons- uh, security consulting gig and, and uh job with a, a local company. And, and so I was kind of actually surprised that Page made the decision to allow his name to be nominated and advanced as uh, the county executive. I
2: can't say that I'm surprised, given that a lot of people had told me that it was a possibility. But he had told me directly, kind of in conversations that were informal, that he had no desire to be county executive because of his anesthesiologist practice. But times have changed hmm. And he's now county executive. So, <laughs>
0: yes, he is. And uh, council vice chairwoman Hazel Irby had had she been seeking the position to become yes. county executive. Uh, so she voted against uh, she was the lone no vote in um, choosing Sam Page as county executive. But uh, she reassures uh, the citizens of the county that she will remain on the council and work with Sam Page.
1: I plan to stay in my seat, work hard, work with Sam. We've worked these past couple years together, but um, I just hope we don't have what we've had in the past. And that's what I saw this week. I saw promises and commitments and, you know, you have to be careful about the promises you make. So I just ask you all to stay woke and pay attention. You'll, you'll, you'll see.
0: All right, that's Hazel Irby urging people to stay woke and pay attention. Uh, She was also upset that there was no public comment during the meeting, as I understand it, and I'm sure that there were members of the public who were upset that there There... was no public comment. But I want to ask you, Jason Mm -hmm. Rosenbaum, uh, Sam Page now is county executive. What is the future like of uh, his governing? What is the makeup of the council like? Will they go along with him?
2: Um, I think he'll have a honeymoon period, but I think that just as Stanger's honeymoon period didn't last because he had one when he started, I, I don't see the same dynamics at play, primarily because now we have a council that's split evenly between Republicans and Democrats, at least for now. I think there's been some people who think that Republicans can take the second district seat. I really don't think that's going to happen. I think it will be filled by Democrats, a, Democrat, a Democratic-leaning seat. But until then, there's going to be partisanly divided government, which may or may not matter. Um, and I think that now that the council is no longer united behind their disdain of Stanger, they could be fighting amongst themselves over some serious policy issues. The council, even the Democrats, have differing views on where county government should go and and certain policies. And I think that could complicate Page's uh, tenure considerably. Mm-hmm. i. I've known Sam Page for almost 12 years. There's a lot of things that are impressive about him, including the fact that he's an anesthesiologist who's managed to maintain some continuity in politics. But he is not universally beloved. He has made enemies over the years. I mentioned organized labor. They were really upset with him for voting to get rid of an apprenticeship requirement in county government. and. I, it'll remain to be seen how he can lead an executive role because he's never been in this role before. And there are a lot of other people that clearly want to be county executive. Mark Montevani potentially could run again. I've been hearing St. Louis County Assessor Jake Zimmerman is, I don't want to say he's almost sure to jump in in 2020, but I think it's very, very likely. And then, you know, I think there were also people that were kind of upset that it's another man as county executive. And you you have a lot of very... Talented and high ranking women in St. Louis County politics in the state legislature who could clearly make viable runs for this, including Gina Walsh, Jill Shoup, Tracy McCreary, Gina Mitten. Mm-hmm. I think all of them have to be thinking of possibly running for, for what, for all intents of purposes, even though it won't technically be an open seat if Sam Page is in there could be more open than in years past
0: and and something that we didn't even get to in this conversation is is the campaign in which stanger defeated uh, Charlie Dooley yes and uh, basically my my take on it was accused him of corruption and um, I think it was you Jason that that pointed out during uh, the noon show today that uh, really had an effect especially Charlie Dooley as a black man uh, being accused of of corruption in yeah. uh, 15 seconds.
2: I think that some people saw that as a racist dog whistle. Others thought Dooley was going to lose anyways. But I do think that should give pause to people that use that type of allegations to maybe actually lob it at somebody who actually commits or allegedly commits corrupt acts.
0: And it already feels like it is the second day story on this uh, first day story. But Rachel, what is your second day story? What are you looking at?
3: I will be very kind of again, like I, I don't know if it's just the second day, but it's what is next for these charges? Who Who is next?
0: Jason.
2: My second day story is where St. Louis County politics goes from here.
0: Okay, Jason Rosenbaum and Rachel Littman, St. Louis Public Radio reporters, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. This is St. Louis on the air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.